The following podcast may contain some adult language. You've been warned. Those of you who got an invite, welcome to Nerd Prime. <laughs> no matter where in the world you are, we're all Nerds International with the hyphen. Welcome to Fighting the Narrative, the Genesis RPG podcast. This is a show dedicated to the Genesis role-playing system from Fantasy Flight Games, a show in which we, your hosts, discuss all things Genesis from both a player's and a GM's perspective. I am Tony Fanning, and with me as always is my good friend and co-host, Chris Holmes. How are you doing? I am doing good, man. I'm doing good. I had a hell of a week of gaming. Gaming just about almost every day. That so yeah, Tuesday, I was there for a couple of those. Yeah, I did Tuesday Hackmaster. Uh, Wednesday was your Star Wars Deadlands on Thursday, and then last night we were up till well hell we played till this morning, man. Yeah. Running tearing off with you. So yep. yeah, and I'm doing especially good because we have that ancient dragon, um, Stefano, Mister <laughs> Stefan Dragon Spawn. What's up, man? Welcome hey, to the show, bud. Thank you. Thank you for having me back on the show. I guess I wasn't wasn't too traumatic. <laughs> no, not at all. And this okay. show, this show we've named Tony's named the Talent Show Part Two: Drag Spawn Boogaloo. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah. So um, let's see. So really, we the only news that we have was just an article that came up the other day on um on the Genesis website about the Android, what is it, Magnum Opus. I guess that's their trade show or something that they do or something. I'm not really too too familiar with it, but there was a nice little paragraph, a couple of um, sentences that says, um, let's see, at Magnum Opus you'll have the chance to not only enjoy the Genesis adventure in the Android setting, but take part in a larger weekend-long role-playing event that will allow you to both explore and give shape to the Android setting. So, what do you guys think right. about that one? kind of knew it was the next one maybe coming, but... Right, well, they had announced earlier in the week that they were losing the um, Netrunner license. Um, okay. It's going to Wizards of the Coast, going back to them. Okay. Uh, but we knew that, and Netrunner was originally in a, um, a uh, generic uh, cyberpunk-style card game that... Uh, they had adopted into the Android setting that they owned rights for. So they still own the Android setting, but Netrunner's going away. Um, as far as uh, that, though, uh, they are announcing that that's ending. This is their world championship for the final season of uh, Netrunner. Okay. And then here we go. So we're going to get uh, probably Android as our next setting. We kind of knew that was coming, but I'm, I'm guessing that's, I mean, following the formula they did last year, they had Gen Con where they did um, a bunch of Terranoth adventures and then mm-hmm. announced the book shortly thereafter. Uh, it's probably going to go a similar way. Gen Con this year, they're running Android adventures. Mm-hmm. And then they have that uh, Worlds thing in September. And so their Magnum Opus, as they're calling it. 
Cool. So we can look forward to probably having an Android setting announced later this year. Yeah, man. Very yeah. cool. Yep. Any other news? That's it. Okay. So I got. Uh, well, we got some listener feedback. Cool. And uh, so uh, I got uh, the first one is from uh, the Sapient. First of all, it's one of the guys who uh, we mentioned in our last show. Yep. It says, hey, I'm one of the authors of the Genesis Talents Expanded. I wanted to thank you for the kind words in, our recent, in your recent podcast. Uh, I enjoy your show, and it was fun to hear our little project get a mention. Keep up the good work, and even if it makes me lament all the campaigns and settings, I'll never have time to play. <laughs> we feel you there, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll third that one, man. <laughs> so many to play, so little time. Yeah, and and it was worth it to to check up on the latest version because when Tiranov came out, they actually added a whole lot of talents from Tiranov book in his expanded document. So yeah, yeah, yeah that was really ed- cool. Yeah, and edited a few others. I think that were the the, the ones that were fan created. Gotcha. Honestly, you can't really tell. I mean, you can see some of them that are that are fan created. You can see mm-hmm. you know, kind of spot them, but mm-hmm. there isn't really anything in there that I find it's horribly unbalanced. Everything no. in there is mm-hmm. well balanced, and um, as most of them are already tried and true as far as uh, Star Wars talents. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, even, um, I mean that, that that community over there, not only the the Genesis community, but even the the Star Wars community. Um, whenever I went over there, had questions or people throw out their own homebrew stuff. People are definitely willing to help and give their two cents, and it normally comes. Out, it, it really comes out really well. So, it's a good resource, and that's a great community over there. Yeah. To to look at and, and get uh, get ideas mm-hmm. from too. So, well done, guys. Right. Yep. So yeah, thanks again for uh, writing that, and uh, thanks for writing us. Yeah, thanks a lot. Okay, so we also have from uh, Jared Wilson. Uh, I love your show. I'm a fellow podcaster who has done a martial arts podcast, Martial Thoughts, for five years. I've been catching up on your old episodes. I didn't even think we had old episodes yet, but um, Dude, we're <laughs> digits, been, man. I've been <laughs> binging it for the last week. Cool. I found Genesis and your podcast as I was using Star Wars to convert it to the Indiana Jones RPG. However, Genesis seems almost made for Indiana Jones. It does. Uh, So his question for the show is, I haven't found a table or anything dealing with poisons, and I want Indy to get bit by snakes, stung by scorpions, and and such. Any suggestions for the effects? Chris, you've got some feedback for him here, so why don't you uh, take... Take the take the helm. I sure do. Okay, so Jared, thanks for the thanks for the question. Um, really, what it comes down to is you'll want to use resilience checks versus poison, and um, medicine to make the poisons themselves. Um, though I, I I mean I'd allow alchemy to do that, and then skullduggery to use the poisons. Now, as far as the effects go, I found three in the Genesis core and seven references the poisons and effects in realms of Tirnoth. And really the theme that I got were two different themes, um, losing strain and, um, and wounds 
and when you fail a resilience check, um, other the other effect was uh, the burn quality. So on page um, 147, the venomous fangs talent, I believe, no, venomous fangs on the bane spider gives the burn two quality, which I think that's the same as there's a venom-soaked blade in Realms of Tirnoth on page 91. There's a talent, I believe, wasn't there? Yeah, venom-soaked blade is the talent. Yeah, yeah, and um, so just do a search for poison and you'll find them. Um, there's actually, to be honest, there's actually poison in Realms of Tirnoth, page 102 and 103. It's a hard resilience check. You'll suffer four wounds and four strain, plus one strain per um, threat that they generate. And then if a despair is generated, um, they repeat the check at the beginning of their next turn, whoever suffered the poison. That right there is basically the default effect that you want. And then you can go from there. You can make it even harder. You can make it more, um, what do you call it, more um, deadly. Like the Serpent Dagger um, on page 110, that was, um, you spend, you have a magical dagger that's a Serpent Dagger, you spend one advantage to poison the target, they have to make a daunting resilience check, or suffer eight wounds and eight strain. Holy shit. That sounds like, almost like Black Mamba poison right there. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so, and then a couple of the um, a couple of the adversaries in the back of Realms of Tirnoth have things as well. So, and um, depending on the snake, and I think definitely for poisons, um, for scorpion poison, I would definitely use the, if they generate a despair, when they roll, and um, I would give them a critical injury, and then maybe four wounds, four strain, plus a strain per threat, so, um, that's what I got there. How about you yeah, and you, and you can always tailor it a little bit, like, ch- taking your, uh serpent dagger there and uh maybe it's a non-lethal poison that just causes strain and they just get knocked out for a while yeah absolutely right. or staggered or or, or staggered uh, you know just I falling think, to sleep yeah <laughs> and i think there was a um potion of paralyzation um as well um where there's a hard resilience go. check or they're immobilized for three rounds well, there you go they, they no. can't move but they may might be able to act but still um, yeah, I mean, depending on the severity, you'd be like uh, in Lord of the Rings, you know, the Shalab poisons Frodo, and he's not dead. He looks dead, but he's just yep. paralyzed. Yep, absolutely. Right. Well, and, you know, I, I initially, when I were initially responded to his email, I told him uh, you could also go to um, a Star Wars supplement, the Edge of the Empire, Lords of Nalhutta, uh, yeah. and page one, no, 109, where they... You know, they not only have um, venoms, but they also have toxic gases. So you can have like your Nazis with uh, with uh, mustard gas yeah. or things like that. Oh, so um, those are available, like I said, um, and they are all again resilience checks to resist. So pretty much a theme there. Yeah, and of course, I mean, if you're doing Indiana Jones, I mean, you have to have the Nazis. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> no game is complete without Nazis, not even Star Wars. We gotta have space Nazis. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so uh best of luck to you, Jared. Um yeah, and we questions. hope to see that document when you're done with it, because uh Indiana Jones is cool as shit. <laughs> yes indeed, and yet another setting we won't ever get to play, but we'll love to read the document. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. Well, shall we get into the meat of this show then, gentlemen? 
Oh, yes. Let's All go right. open the book of Genesis. Yes, yep. let's. All right, everybody. Welcome to the book of Genesis. And open up your, your good book of Genesis to page 194, where we're going to be talking about creating talents. This is in the Game Master's Toolkit, Chapter 1. Um, and basically, yeah, we're going to talk about creating talents. Um, so, what's a talent, everybody? Well, what is a talent? Well, talent is, at its heart, a way for a character to break the rules. Um, your character yep. operates according to the rules laid down in chapters 1, 6, and 7 of the book. Um, they make skill checks, they follow the action maneuver limitations during combat, so on and so forth. They're added setback dice for uh, and, and need boost dice for uh, conditional modifiers. Uh, talents are ways to mitigate those. Um, a lot of times talents will remove setback dice or add boost dice or change the way the rules are for a specific action. Um, yep. So, and they're freaking cool. Yeah, That's are. what talents yeah. are. Yeah. If you're coming from that, if you're coming from that famous D shift seven D, um, system, you know, 3.5 or whatever, you could think yeah. of them as feats. If you're coming from, um, savage worlds, I mean, edges, I mean, I think that's the clearest, um, yeah. what do you call it, the closest comparison there. Analogy, um, yeah, because edges allow you to break the rules as well. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, I mean, in Hackmaster, they have um, they have special proficiencies and, and abilities that you can buy, too. So, mm-hmm. um, And this is their, their way of doing it, the talents. Right. So, so, so when, we, when we go to create a talent... Um, we we basically want to ask ourselves. Let me see, Tony. You have we have eight questions we want to ask, and we're going to go through these questions and help you guys out. Yeah. So um, how about uh, we have our guest here take care of the first one? Yeah, man. <clears throat> the first question. All right. So, do you want a mechanical effect or a narrative one? So. Yeah, so you have to think about, you know, does it affect a, an actual role or a stat, a skill, uh, or is it just more of a way, a nice way to describe a character's action or what he's trying to do? Mm-hmm. And like, the examples they put in under their uh, knack for it has a mechanical effect. It allows you to remove setback dice from your pool. Whereas mm-hmm. how convenient on the other hand is a narrative. These are talents that are back in the earlier in the book. It is a narrative effect because it just changes the ongoing story, but doesn't in, interact directly with the game mechanics. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. Um, and a lot of times I've noticed that like the narrative ones will just have a cost and they're done. Um, whether it's strain cost or whether it's a story point cost. Um, it just allows you to do something. That's cool. Yeah. So, um, next is which characters does the talent affect? Oh, now, uh, in this case, yes, generally the talents affect uh, the, uh, the character who has them uh, has them benefit that character in some way. Mm-hmm. Sometimes talent might affect their allies, 
Um, and sometimes there might it, you might not want the talent to be for every character. You might want it to be tailored to a specific type of character. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah. you need to think about that. Yeah, it could, well, target, it could target enemies too, like yep. your your uh, scathing tirade. You know, sticks oh, and yeah. stones. Sticks and stones, man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or uh, sometimes it could be limited. Yeah, like you said, to a racial kind of talent. You know, only. Only elves can take this, or only orcs. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. And uh, we'll get into mine later. I have a way around that, but um, <laughs> yep. as always. Uh, right. so, uh, Chris, what's the next one? Well, the next one is: Would this talent be used in a specific type of encounter? And right now, we have a couple different encounters, types of encounters. One would be a combat encounter, which is the more um, structured encounter the other one would be a social encounter um and uh, other encounters other um hazards you put in your character's way could be you know while they're traveling you know the environment that they're in could be talents that affect that like one would be what would it be survivalist or hunter or something where it gives the um survival skill or maybe a knowledge nature skill or something as of class skills to helping Helping them survive, you know, thirst or finding shelter. Or... Yep, yep. And for those out there um, wanting to do investigative games, you know, you can also create talents for your investigative. Um, there, you know, if, especially if you're doing a Cthulhu-esque one where you yep. have, um, you you have, uh, you know, a certain level of. Um, uh, clues that you want your characters to identify and you can create talents that would help with that Uh that's a good example too and then maybe even types of combat um one would be like personal or vehicle combat you know some of them could be specific to um driving vehicles i know there's a couple of them from the star wars one you know the piloting some of the piloting Mm -hmm. ones that get rid of your setback dice and stuff while handling and such, so <clears throat> that's another one. Yeah, or, or hacking or slicing, depending on what you, yep. you call yeah. it as well. Hey, that's a great that's a great example. That's also mm-hmm. another another good um, type of encounter, if yeah. you will. Yeah. Yeah. Hack or slice, sweet. And magic encounters also. Yeah. Magic spells. Yeah. Magic spells. Yep. Yep. All right. So what's the next one there, Stefan? What do we have? The next one is, is the talent active or passive? Does it just lie there, limp, or do you have to wake it up? <laughs> <laughs> the talent, I mean. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yes. Of course, Stefan, of course. <laughs> so to refresh everybody, the difference between an active talent and a passive talent would be, passive talent would be one that's pretty much always on. So if you take toughened, yeah. you'll you'll get the, the two to your wound threshold. Or an active are, would be ones that you would need to activate, whether it's a an action, a maneuver, or an incidental, an out of turn incidental, or something as well. Yeah. So those are, that's yeah, another like, thing you want to. Yeah, like, for for example, just a, a passive one is basic military training. It just gives you three skills as a career skill. That's that's it. Once yeah. once you've got the talents, you mark those off as a, as career skills. You, you're good to go. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. Nice. All right, what do we got next here, Tony? Okay, if the talent is active, how long does it take to use? So this is important. Does it uh, does it uh, take an action? Is it 
is it uh, an immediate or excuse me and incidental is it uh, a maneuver so on and so forth this is where you just determine the type of action how long does it take to use and you'll want to err on the side of uh, caution here and Mm. make it uh, an action first and then if it seems like okay it could be a maneuver you can always create an improved version later that will make it a maneuver or um, good idea uh, and Something that was already a maneuver, obviously a great way to make a talent for something that was already a maneuver is like drawing a weapon is, mm-hmm. uh, in quick draw is to, t- you made a talent and now it's an incidental. So Yeah, good example there. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, so, oh yes, and there was also the... Uh, out of turn incidentals. So, some uh, some talents are designed to be used during the an other character's turn, such as dodge. Mm-hmm. And talents like this always require an out of turn incidental. Um, they can't uh, require an action or a maneuver because generally your character can't take action or maneuvers on other characters' turns. Mm-hmm. So, but you can mitigate the like if it's a more powerful out of turn incidental, you can mitigate that with a cost. Mm-hmm. And that brings us to the next question, Chris. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so we have various, we have three different types of costs here. Um, one would be story points. Um, you know, like your heroic abilities from from um, what do you call it? From like, from realms of Tirnoth, cause you a couple story points to use. Some talents mm-hmm. require you to use story points to use. Now, remember what we were talking about last time is if there is a cost, a story point cost, and they're doing it with an action, part of a roll, they won't be able to use a story point to increase right. their roll. They have to use it to activate that talent. And if you want that talent to be used that way, that's a good that that's a good um, choice that you're giving your players to, to use. Um, the other thing, the other cost is strain. So it might cost a couple of strain, like Tony had said. Couple strain to activate a talent <clears throat> to use. Um, they do say um, can cost as little as one, and probably shouldn't go any higher than four strain. Um, and I know there are a couple of talents, um, like I believe what was the one? Oh, I just got defensive stance for my guy last night, where you could spend a strain per rank of the talent to upgrade um, melee attacks coming in on them. And you can, and that's a third or a third or second tier talent. So you can second tier talent, second tier Mm -hmm. talent. So I can get it up to four times if I want. So that would cost four strain to do. Um, And then um, of course the time it takes will limit the number the, you know, your talent as well, whether it's an action or a maneuver to use. So, all right. Right. And then, um, then we have like how often, should the talent be used during a session? This is the yep. next one. Yep, and that is... Um, oh, and you forgot to read your question from the last one. It was, uh, if a talent is active, what does it cost to use? Just so you know. If it's active. Oh, yeah, that's right. What does it cost to use? Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. I forgot. There you go. It's all that's all right. I read the next one. I read the next one for Stefan. <laughs> yeah. Good... All right, so Stefan... Podcasting uh... is not a very visual medium, so... <laughs> <laughs> no. Good thing, too. No. Ugly mugs yeah. we have. Yeah, don't want people blinded by by my albino color. <laughs> All right, so uh, how often should the talent be used during a session, Stefan? 
Uh, that's it. Some will probably use like can be used almost any time. Quick draw can be used any time. You know, they're trying to draw a weapon or item from your pocket or holster. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a very basic one. Some, if they get more more and more powerful, it could be just ones per encounter. Mm-hmm. And then some of the really really powerful ones, like probably like a. The heroic abilities would be probably like once per session. Your re-rolls. You're re-rolling a check. Yeah. Yeah, any one that allows you to re-roll. That's yeah. it. Those so, are pretty powerful. Yep. Exactly. So that's one way of uh, limiting. You, know, you don't use uh, all of those powerful abilities. Oh, we're going to re-roll just because I spent a story point. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and definitely Absolutely. your once per encounters and your once per sessions, you want to try and keep those on the character's turn. Yeah. So, yep. All right. And then the last question, which is really the biggest question. It really is. Um, and it's the one that. What's the name? (laughs) (laughs) No, that's usually easy. Uh, at least for me anyway. Um, no, the, uh, the, uh, the big question is what tier does your talent occupy? Now, um, and tier that's our, one. That's our eighth question, and I thought there would have been a ninth one, which kind of relates to this question actually, and mm-hmm. it would be whether your tier, whether your talent is ranked or not. <laughs> so it kind of it kind of goes hand in hand with what tier does it occupy? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But we could talk. And about that is true. No, that's that's that's, <laughs> that's a good valid point. Um, so tier one talents uh, usually are the simplest. Now I've seen a couple tier talents that are still a little. Um, they they break game rules pretty heavily, like um, the shapeshifter talent in uh, Realms of Terranoth, or uh, there's another one in Star Wars. Uh, Call it, I think it is. Um, okay. Yeah. They're they're pretty powerful for tier ones, but when when you think about it, but when I mean for okay for for instance like the. The shapeshifter, you have to be incapacitated to use it. So you're the, the what that one is limited limited is by you're not very often going to be incapacitated mm-hmm. um, yeah. unless your GM is Pearson monster who wants to kill you every time you play. <laughs> you're you're <laughs> you're not going to be incapacitated, or if your Which GM happens to throw ATSTs at you or whatever. <laughs> well, then you're not incapacitated. You just turned to pink mist. Well, that's it. You're just blown up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. Catching a case of the dead. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, tier one talents, um, rank talents. A lot of them will start at tier one. If you are don't start a talent at tier one, if you're um, if it's a ranked and you're you're only wanting them to have two or three ranks of it, if it's going to be broken by the time they get the fifth rank, don't start it at tier one. No. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Tier four, maybe. <laughs> All right. Um, so mm-hmm. there's others that uh, um, tier one talents are talents that increase your character's ability to heal, the, uh, impact critical hits. Um, none of these are super remarkable to be purchased. Um, and so they're tier one talents are your like your they're the base of your pyramid. You're gonna have yeah. uh, quite a few of them. They're gonna be strong, solid beginners. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. And yeah. there should be more tier one talents out there. Create a whole bunch, people. Yeah. <laughs> well, just like in other other systems, you know, you you'll always have the lower powered ones, you know, as almost like requirements before going up. 
you know, uh, yeah. whether it's edges or, or uh, feet, you know, you need these edges first and right before you can get the really powerful uber ooh legendary edge. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. That allows right. me to Moulinex everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. So then, um, so then, um, talents become a little more interesting when you get to tier two. Mm-hmm. Because um, it says here, it kind of changes how your character behaves throughout the encounter. Defensive talents can go in the tier two, um, letting um, letting them perform actions or maneuvers to protect them from melee attacks or ranged attacks would go in here as well. Um, let's see, letting letting somebody use two two weapons and making it easier for them to use two weapons. I know. Um, Daryl was using had the dual wielder talent, yeah. and that 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 allows you to to wield two weapons and not take that increase in difficulty. But it is a maneuver to use, which we found out last night. So mm-hmm. as well, so that again, choices given your characters or your players' choices to make is you know it's all part of the game. It's all cool. Um, let's see. So it's. It, it's so it says here. This is an interesting statement here. Um, overall, tier two is a good place to add in ranked talents that are useful enough that you'll want a lot of characters to take them, but that you don't want to become an auto include. <laughs> um, that's interesting. That's an interesting statement. Yep. What do you guys think about that? Like an auto includes, like oh, I have to have this one. I gotta have talent. Well, I gotta yeah. have tough, like, and if I've got them, tank. Or if something. it's an auto include, it should be down to tier one. Uh, I mean, that's because everybody's trying to get, uh, they're trying to get past their tier one talents to get to the cooler talents and you need more tier one talents. So you'll want your tier one talents to be as generic as possible. They'll affect affect as many characters as possible because, you you know, last thing you want is your character, your your players going, "Um, I need a fifth tier one talent and there are none that my character can take. Stuff like grit and toughen can be good, you know, meaning your character a little bit more experienced, so he's a little more able to handle stress and or wounds, you know, but not too much. Yep. He doesn't he doesn't have to take multiple ranks of it, but one one rank here and there. Yep. And it'll supply right. it'll fill out the requirements to get the those cool rank twos, tier twos, and eventually threes. Yep. yep. Speaking of tier three, what do you think there, Stefan? Talk to us about tier th- these tier three talents. Well, to quote the good book of Genesis, <laughs> I'm page one ninety-six. Exactly. <laughs> uh, tier three is a good place to put talents that can really change the way the game is played. So you know, you've got people who want to to invest a lot of experience points there. So they'll have to think twice, like which one do I really get? Because yeah. now it's costing fifteen points of XP. Yeah. So <laughs> and you have to spend you have to spend at least what fifteen XP. You have to spend at least thirty five XP to even start grabbing a tier three because you need three tier ones, yeah. two tier twos mm-hmm. before you can even get a tier three. You know. And you find one. when you yeah. get to tier three, you when you start spending that XP, you're you really want to be picky about what you take. <laughs> exactly. Absolutely. Oh, exactly. So these what could be say so here. These could be the mm-hmm. ones where you start your improved version of those tier one or tier two talents. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Here they even mentioned, you'll also notice talents on this tier that let characters gain a permanent pet of some sort. You know, so basically a, a minion. <laughs> that animal companion, yeah. which just adds, here's here's rules for animal companions, and it's one talent. Perfect. Yeah. It's a great place, for instance, in a, like a sci-fi setting to, you know, if someone wants a robot drone, that's a great place yeah. to put that in. There you go. That's it. Oh, that's that's cool. it. You know, mechanical familiar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Yeah, so it gives them extra maneuvers. Impro- yeah. Oh, yeah, there it is. Improved versions yeah. of previous talents, yeah. That's it, exactly. Potent buffs for a character. Uh, character's allies as well. They say so. You, know, you start affecting not just yourself, but you know, right. hey, you. I'm commanding you to be more heroic and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, be more stand, heroic, damn it. <laughs> and st- and stand up to those space Nazis. Yes, sir. That's right. right. <laughs> That's right. right. And so differentiating talent uh, tier one, two, and three. I'm going to call an audible here. Sure. One of the things that um, t- what helps me with determining whether a talent's going to be a tier one, two, or three. Okay. If it adds a setback die or redu- removes, or if it adds a boost die, removes a setback die, or adds a setback die or removes a boost die from opponents or players' checks, it usually fits into into um, tier one. If it if it adds automatic advantage or adds automatic threats or mm. it gives allies a number of people a boost die or a number of people a setback die, then it usually fits into mm. tier two okay. mechanically. And then cool. tier three is where you're going to start upgrading or downgrading gotcha. um, yep. checks. And that's how you can differentiate the mechanicals for right. anything in those three tiers. Mm-hmm. Um, that aren't still that those. And, and again, those aren't game breaking. They're still game enhancing in a way, right, Tony? Like, you know, yeah. like you're saying, improving, uh, you know, upgrading a check or downgrading checks yeah. and stuff too. Not breaking a game. Mm-hmm. But well, tier four, though. Oh, do you have something yeah. to answer? Um, yeah, well, well, yeah, one way maybe to remember that is like, you know, okay, or two. Tier one, your one boost die, one setback die mostly that affects you. Then tier two, like Tony says, it's affecting allies with boost dice and setback dice. And then tier three, we're upgrading and downgrading, which is basically when you're storing, spending a story point. Yep. You know, it's almost like uh, a bit of a triumph, you know, like three advantages worth one triumph. There you go. Tier three, right. you're upgrading automatically or downgrading. And you, yeah, and, and with those, I mean, it probably goes without saying. If you're going to create a talent that automatically upgrades or downgrades a check, don't have it spend a story point to do. Because <laughs> they could do that anyways, you know what I mean? Right. That's it's it. more more flavorful, if you will. You know, a little more narrative, if you will. So. Mm-hmm. Good point, Chris. Yeah. So uh, we get to Tier 4, and that's, as Chris and I mentioned in our last show, that is where the the best talents start. Uh, tier four is where your game-breaking talents start to happen. Uh, your characters, um, they, uh, sorry, the, this allows for a deliberate way to alter the game and, and is going to work for the uh, only for certain characters. For example, a talent that let you lets you choose uh, a critical injury when your character inflicts one, lets you choose the one you want to give them, the one that always staggers them or something. Um, or rather than rolling randomly, is a pretty serious change to the game. Mm-hmm. Um, talents that heavily alter the game's action economy should be Tier 4 talents. So t- if a talent lets a character do something that would normally require an action as, as, a, manu- or, uh, as a maneuver, 
that means it can um, they can potentially do it three times in a single round instead of once. That's pretty yeah. bad. Yep. <laughs> Considering you can only do two maneuvers around. <laughs> two maneuvers, but you can downgrade your action to a maneuver. That's, That's it. Indeed. So, th- so technically three, three. Yeah, yeah. yeah. there is a hard. There, yeah. So, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, so uh, likewise, a buff that gives mm-hmm. a character an extra action belongs here. Mm-hmm. So, if you want to, okay, as an additional action, so the character gets to roll dice twice on their turn. That's where it's going to fit into. Mm-hmm. Tier yeah. four is the is the it, that is the niche for that particular type of talent, and I've seen a couple of them written that way. Um, so yeah, um, that's tier four. Yep, yeah. it's pretty simple. And they also mentioned, you know, uh, that this is this is also where you you want some talents that if they're ranked, you don't want and you don't want players to have too many ranks of it. Well, put it at tier four; they'll get one rank out of it, or two. They get or two, well, if they two, really total, want total that talent. Ranks. That's it. But yeah. one additional rank, that's what I meant. Right. Yeah, right. two ranks. Total one, rank. one additional. That's Sounds it. Sounds good. All right, Chris, tier five. Hit us yeah, up. Yeah, those, those, those are your uber awesome talents. <laughs> that, those are the ones where you'll permanently increase your character characteristic of dedication. Um, mm-hmm. You can um, decrease the difficulty of your checks with very little cost, if any, as well. Um, and these, those two things, you know, will increase the cha- character's success, greatly increase the chance of success there. And you know, it would be, it's worth it because it costs. I think I calculated it out. It, it you have to spend 150 experience points before you can even choose to do tier five. Once you take your first tier five, that's 175 experience points you've spent. So damn right. I'm wondering if I'm spending 25 of them, which depending on how many XP you get per session, that could be two, that could be two sessions worth of experience points. And you're just getting one talent, man. I want something cool to do. (laughs) So, um, and then, um, and then all ranked talents eventually, We'll have a tier five version of it, you know, as as well, just to let you guys know. So, and then yeah, so like that defensive stance. Heck, if I do a tier two, three, four, and five, if you remember, so ranked talents, you have to if you choose the second rank of a talent, it has to be at a higher tier. So if I do four ranks of defensive stance for Mm -hmm. four strain as a maneuver every time and every every. Anytime somebody attacks my character till the end of my next turn, I get to upgrade those melee attacks coming at me. Get upgraded four times. What? That's, that's upgraded, dude. I just became adversary four, playa. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, that's I mean that's what that is. And you know, hey, for tier five, heck yeah, might be worth it. Yeah, yeah. Tony, oh, yeah. Tony's if, saying, no, you bastard, you better not do that. <laughs> If you're yeah. focusing on being a bodyguard, that is a way to go, dude. You're you're not going anywhere. You're gonna be standing right there. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Sure. Bang on me all the time. Oh, by the way, you're probably gonna generate a tr- a despair in that too. So you'll probably yeah. want to get like improved parry or whatever. I don't know if that's the one where you can, if they generate a despair, you can quickly attack them back, or if that was the Star Wars. Yeah. Game. I don't know. Yeah. And, I- and doesn't uh, Roman Turnoff have uh, Chris your favorite? Uh, 
tier five talent there that uh, I forget the name zealous something zealous or zealous fire oh that's zealous fire yeah that was that was Tony <laughs> but after he said that yeah, yeah that's the that is the <laughs> oh you want to spend that's, uh, the, that's the mana battery for the spellcaster basically <laughs> spend a story point GM or DM yes. whatever you want to call yourself <laughs> dude I'm, we encourage just an example of, just you know. an example of my Terranoth game last night. The story points were flying on every roll, it seemed. Yeah, just about. Going back and forth, going back and forth. It was, I mean, I'm just sitting here going, okay, if I had if I had a player that had zealous fire, yeah. they would never run out of strain in this encounter. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I'm going to shoot my fireball again at you. Oh, it doesn't cost exactly. any strain. Because That's you upgraded it. yours as well, DM. That's DM. it. <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, even with that going back and forth all night last night, um, you guys still felt like there was tension i mean oh, yeah. by the end of that last encounter mm-hmm. we had four characters that were on the brink of incapacitated <laughs> and one that was <laughs> well that's because we had to jump 30 feet out of a freaking tower but still that was falling apart <laughs> that was falling apart that's right yeah so well, like you yes. do you know <laughs> so that, so this zealous fire is a perfect example thanks for bringing it up Stefan. that's a great one perfect example of a game breaking uber awesome talent that you'll want because it's yeah. rank five and like we said every time the game master spends tier a story five. point what i say rank, rank five f- rank tier five, five. yeah tier you know five, yes. turn on your intent <laughs> turn, turn on your intent checkers everybody <laughs> i'm thinking <laughs> our chris through genesis translator <laughs> <laughs> exactly um yeah what are so, you a gm or a dm today <laughs> um a little bit of both <laughs> So yeah, right. you'll heal two strain, and that's the cost of casting spells. So your spellcasters yeah. want to take that one. That's great. Yep. And and tier four and five is also where we're going to find the superior versions of those mm-hmm. improved talents from earlier. Like Chris talked about last week, where if you just wanted to make a gradiated step up, um, yeah. that's the way to do it. And tier four and five is where you're going to find the best versions. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah. yeah. So I, I mean, we've answered our eight questions. Um, talent yeah, so. creation. Um, do we have? Do you guys ever have anything to add to this? I, mm-hmm. I think they've done a great job in this book of yeah. describing just kind of how to balance out these talents. To be honest, well, we've got a great framework. Why don't we go it ahead is. and put some nuts and bolts on it and make our own talents? Let's there do that. Go. Let's do that. All That's right. what we will do. Let's step on over into setting the tone. All right. All right, so welcome to setting the tone. This is where we take uh, the today's topic and we kind of morph it into what we're doing with our settings that we're creating. Mm-hmm. Now, last uh, last session, last uh, episode, I mentioned that I am uh, kind of doing a Middle-Earth conversion. Now, my Middle-Earth conversion is solely using the stuff from Cubicle 7 as a source. I'm not borrowing from any of the other um, uh, additions of Middle-Earth, and there were many. Um, but uh, so what I'm doing, uh, I, I thought about it good and hard i wanted to do i wanted to because in that game you have cultural virtues that very much mimic talents and um uh 
but they're specific to a culture. So I thought about making them talents, um, and I was going down that road initially. Mm-hmm. But then I and 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 I would just prerequisite, prerequisite you have to belong to the culture or race that mm-hmm. is a you know that's a. Right. But then I thought about it and I'm like you know what let's just make them a list of virtues for each culture that they can buy with XP. So it's yep. they're like talents, um, but they step out. And this allows me to do cool things with them because they step outside of the talent pyramid. So yep. things that that you could only take a tier one on a talent pyramid now i can have as a tier one or two virtue and they can also then buy the talent so they'll be able to double up um cool so i'm not actually making a talent i'm kind of subverting the rules but i'm creating my virtues as talents uh so i'm using the rules for talent creation and um so each culture has in in the books that i'm borrowing from they each have five different virtues that they could choose from and some of them would translate perfectly uh over to to genesis i use the uh example of the skin coat for the bjorning um to say the warrior's own courage will uh, turn steel and iron better than uh smith's hammer or hammer work so as long as you wear no armor you have resistance to non-magical piercing damage now that's real easy for me. As long skin coat, it would just be as long as you're not wearing armor, you would have a soak of two. Cool. An additional soak of two. Mm-hmm. Simple as simply done, easy, great tier five talent, uh, or tier sorry tier one talent uh, for five XP. Yeah. Um, That's but an awesome one, by the way. Yes. <laughs> and then I started looking at the others, and there's one that okay. Bayorn in Lord of the Rings uh, or in The Hobbit dude could change into a bear mm. so the Bayornings are people who follow Bayorn and some of them are descendants of his people um, so why can't some of them change into bears and I'm looking at this and none of them really could in the um, in the virtues that they have in the book so I'm actually creating my own virtue and I am calling it the skin changer virtue. Yeah. And so I'm going to use the uh, shapeshifter talent and its improved version, because some of these virtues are going to have tiers to them, cool. uh, much like in, uh, improved and superior versions. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first level of it, uh, the sh- uh, shape changer is going to be basically shapeshifter from realms of tyranny um and i'm gonna just port that over it's gonna be uh exactly the same and then the second tier of it would be very much like the improved version except for also i think that the character could then also stay in that form indefinitely so what i'm talking about here is uh, shapeshifter on page 84 of Realms of Terranoth. When your character is incapacitated due to having exceeded their strain threshold while in their normal form, they undergo the following change as an out-of-turn incidental. They heal all strain. They increase their brawn and agility by one to a maximum of five, and they reduce their intelligence and willpower by one to a minimum of one. They deal one additional damage when making unarmed checks, and their unarmed attacks have a critical rating of three instead of five. Uh, 
but they cannot use magic skills or ranged attacks. Uh, your GM should ensure that NPCs react appropriately and, and, at the very least, upgrading the difficulty of social checks twice. Your character reverts to their normal form after eight hours or if they become incapacitated. So this is a perfect way to describe the shifting into a bear form like Bayorn did. And it also seemed kind of like he had, was, he had gotten to the where point where he had spent some extra XP on it and taken the improved version. Where that is also, uh, that is in Realms of Terranoth, page 89, um, Shapeshifter improved. Once per session, you may make a hard discipline check as an out-of-turn incidental, either to trigger Shapeshifter or to avoid triggering it when you exceed your strain threshold. So, um, and then I would create a third tier of that for, for mine, where it's no longer a once-per-session ability. You can, once-per-encounter, if you'd like mm-hmm. to, Cool. make the heart discipline check. So that's what I've done. That's uh, my shape ch- or skin changer for the Bayornings. Be- and it's, uh, it starts out as a, um, uh, a 5 XP tier 1 virtue, um, but it then grows and you can spend 10 and 15 XP accordingly to take the improved and superior versions of it. Cool. I like that. Now, okay. would you now would you limit these virtues to your tier one only being taken at character creation, and then after yes. character creation, the tier two, tier three versions become available? Yes, your uh, you only can have one virtue at its base tier at uh, character creation. Gotcha. And then I'm I may limit them just like I did. They did with heroic abilities. Um, to a you once you've reached fifty earned XP and a hundred earned XP, uh-huh. um, to where you can take the additional tiers of that virtue. Cool, I like it. Well done, man. Yep, very good. I like the case. So how about uh, how about Stefan? How about yeah. you? Yeah, Stefan, what do you got there, bud? Uh, all right. So as I mentioned you earlier, I'm still in the uh, process of converting some stuff from uh, Shintar setting, which uses Savage Worlds, to... And that's uh, a fantasy setting? Genesis. Right? It's a, yeah, epic, high fantasy setting. Cool. And they've got some of the typical races, and some not so typical you can play, and one of them is the uh, the Goblin, as part of the, what's called the Goblinesh races, which includes also orcs and ogres. And I've got a fellow player, uh, Matthew... Jones, who uh, plays a goblin in my campaign. And they've got a series of, uh, of racial edges that I'm thinking of, of converting. There's three of them that kind of related around the same theme of, of luck, basically. And if I could try to convert that or adapt that to, uh, to Genesis, because it's they're two very different systems, of course. Um... So I would be thinking of these three uh, talents uh, or edges at this point. Lucky Knit, uh, Fortuitous Knit, and Serendipitous Knit. 
and just the hell of it, the word knit comes from just you know meaning a the egg or a young form of a louse or other parasitic insect. <laughs> nice. So they sometimes refer to the <laughs> two goblins as knits. <laughs> ah, little parasites. So that's what's sometimes. that? So the lucky knit. What is that? What so, is that edge that's in? Yeah. Why don't you read the edge? What that's is that it. in so, Savage World? In Savage World, Lucky Knit allows uh, the uh, goblin uh, player character to re-roll any dice that come up a one when he spends a Benny to re-roll. Okay. So if he spends a Benny, re-rolls his whole dice pool, and some of them come up once, he can re-roll them once. And then Fortuitous Knit, following along the same vein, he gains an extra wild die. When when you're a wild card in Savage Worlds, you get your skill dice plus a wild die, which is a d6 usually. Well, the lucky knit gets a d4 as well. And then oh, wow. serendipitous, yeah. And then serendipitous knit upgrades that second wild die to a d6. So you you'd be rolling two d6 plus whatever his skill for charming or hitting something or whatever he'd be trying. So does that extra one get added in, or is it you just get now of a choice no, of, you just, of three? You have a choice between three. Your choice of three, three dice, yeah. Oh, gotcha. Okay, come cool. up with the best result. So, and then, of course, all the dice can explode. Mm-hmm. And so, trying to translate that to Genesis, which doesn't use rerolls, of course. The closest thing is mm-hmm. is story points to upgrade something uh, or downgrade the, your opponent's skill dice or uh, or their difficulty. Actually, so yeah. Lucky Knit, I was thinking. Maybe making it a little bit more than uh, a rank one or tier one. And if he spends a story point, he can flip a dice, one of his skill dice uh, or boost dice, from a blank face to a success. There you go. That's perfect. Yeah, that's exactly. That's what I was thinking. I think of the. What was that specialization in, in Star Wars there, Tony? Was it the Gambler? I think. Yeah, it's a gambler that can do that. Yeah. yeah. So, so not necessarily um, re-roll it, but at least take that blank face and, you know, it has a success now. Now, would you <laughs> call that a tier three? Uh, at least tier two, but mm-hmm. yeah, probably probably a tier three. Uh, now, maybe you could start it out uh, uh, on tier two and they could yeah. only flip boost dice. Yeah. There you go. That's it. And so then... Do tier a boost die because your boost die doesn't know. Well, that's it because boost die won't be necessarily included in all dice pools anyway. Right. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, fortuitous knit would be maybe like an improved version where you could flip uh, an ability die. Yeah. To uh, a side of your choosing, not just no yeah. longer just to a success, but to a, a side of your choosing. Or advantage. So you can choose a yeah. What everybody would do, which is one with a success and an advantage on it. That's it. So mm-hmm. there you go. Yep. Probably just probably just mentioned that off the bat, like yeah, change a blank side to a success and advantage. There you mm-hmm. go. <laughs> and then your final version, the serendipitous yeah. knit. Oh yeah, which is usually legendary in, uh, in Savage Worlds. Which uh, at that point, so yeah. And you could up- even- upgrade. Uh, uh, yeah. A ch- uh, you know, proficiency is that pro- yeah ability and proficiency, mm-hmm. which is the red one, and then of course uh, being able to uh, to change it to uh, 
any any result on the on the dice. Now would you do that? Facing. Now would you do that for the positive dice and negative dice? I would think no, just because it affects just him. Right. But would you would you want to change? Well, would you want to change like either a boost die or a setback die to whatever you want? So if a boost die or a setback die does come up, some I guess it's a zero sum game at that point, right? You could, I but, mean, well, that could be also because even for a, a, a tier five, if he can change, you know, a despair result to a nothing, that would be pretty powerful too. Well, I'm looking at the so last night somebody was ca- Tony was casting doom on us. And this is a curse effect. It says, yeah. after target makes a check, you may change one die in the pool, not displaying a triumph or a despair to a different face. You know what I mean? Okay. So that, that's an effect. That that's actually adds difficulty two to a curse spell. So that could be something you can look at, maybe balance, you know, kind of finding the balance, if you will. There. Yeah. You could also so. incorporate uh, the exploding dice mechanic. Um, in that, um, in that if a triumph is rolled, they get to roll in another yellow die. Um, That could be it. Yeah. Instead of just changing the face, it's like, oh, you might get another triumph. Yeah. So yeah, that, that's cool. I like that. Yeah. That's pretty cool, dude. So that's what I sort of came up with, uh, uh, at the last minute, but still, you know, I had given it some thought at least a couple of days earlier. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. All right, Chris. All right. So for me, in the um, Primeval Thule, um, which is a you know a low magic, gritty, low fantasy mm-hmm. setting, um, there are pirates and pirate privateers. Now, of course, we know the difference between a pirate and a privateer is all relative. If mm-hmm. you know, if you're a privateer for one country, you're actually a pirate in all other countries, right? Um, so yeah, if you're being boarded, it doesn't matter though. It sure doesn't. <laughs> but so speaking of which, so there, you know, you can be a pirate in this game mm-hmm. or a privateer or something like that. And one of the neatest edges in Savage Worlds when I was playing in Fifty Fathoms. Now my big glug, my big walrus fighter dude, did not have this. <laughs> it's called Rope Monkey. Okay. <laughs> And let me read this real quick. Okay, so the requirements are seasoned, so you have to be a fairly experienced, a, a decent agility and a climbing, a decent climbing skill. Anyways, so rope monkeys are those sailors who may have well been born in the rigging. They always mm-hmm. just seem to know what ro- the right rope to cut and pull to swing to some other part of the ship and can ride mm-hmm. the lines down, ride the lines down to avoid any otherwise nasty falls. So I think of. Mm-hmm. Captain Jack Sparrow in the yeah. Pirates of the Caribbean movies, right? Being able to swing all the way to the other side of the ship. So in this setting, two functions. First, it allows a character to move on the exterior of the ship to move to anywhere else on the ship. Mm-hmm. Requiring a cl- well, In this setting, it requires a combat role. And with a raise, they get, a, they get to surprise a folk. So a raise in Savage Worlds is kind of like a critical success, if you will. Um, or at least a couple of advantages, at least. <laughs> a couple of advantages, right, right. And then it gives them plus two to their fighting attacks and damage rolls and stuff. So um, there's that. Um, then they can also use it in forests with tall trees and stuff. But So just thinking of this talent... Um, I, ha- I I don't know, I'm just thinking of it. Maybe we can b- 
throw out some ideas. So I like the idea of um, the advantages, you know, giving you an advantage or something maybe on a combat check. But mechanically, I'm not sure how this would work. Um, what I'm wanting to do, so if I go through, if we go through our questions, mm-hmm. right? Let's go through our questions. Let's let's yeah. do this. Let's do this. Yeah. Well, so, first off, before you go ahead, I find both the idea interesting and very scary to have your walrus character swinging all around the ship on a rope and being able to go from stem to stern and surprising some poor mob. Would that make him a tusk raider? A tusk raider, that's right. He sure would be. I could just um, see him just going boing with his big belly. Get off my ship. So, So our first question is uh, well, it's definitely. I definitely want this to have some sort of mechanical effect, though narratively, it's just a cool talent. I just love it narrative-wise, right? Um, though, actually, you know what? This might be a narrative talent, to be honest. It might not necessarily be a mechanical one. Yeah. yeah. No, I kind of want it to be a mechanical one because I want to give that. I want to give a boost die to a combat checks or something. I don't know. So okay. which characters? So which characters does it affect? Well, it's going to affect the the player character. Obviously, yeah. Um, It's going to be used during combat. Um, I'm definitely wanting this to be an active talent. Most at Uh once. Yeah, it does require some kind of action on on part of the other player. It is active. Either either as an action or a maneuver. I'm thinking, I mean, do we, I mean, I can make it an action or we could start off as a maneuver. Um, But yeah, it's definitely an action or a maneuver. I would say give it a, a maneuver so that way you can get the boost dive if he succeeds. You take the rope monkey maneuver. Yeah. Take the rope Free. monkey maneuver to give, give yourself you, a boost die for for your combat for your, check. Yeah. Your next check or something like mm-hmm. that. So you think it should have a cost then? Um how long um when you say cost um I'm thinking story it might, points or strain. I'm couple thinking a couple of strain maybe. I'm thinking strain. I like mm. that. Story points is an interesting resource to use. I, I could go with either, to be honest. Either. I think strain. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Because I mean, you're Cause you're <laughs> applying some personal effort of your own to aim the shot. You know where you're going to end up. Yeah. Not so much yeah. your not so much um, holding yourself to the hand of fate. You know, with the story oh, point. Right. You're, oh, yeah, you're, you're you're you were born in the rigging. You know how this works. It's it's personal strain. You know what gro- rope to grab and where to ride it to. Cool. That's well, what that's you're it. doing. You know, he wraps his arm around one yeah. rope and sa- saber in the other and he swings or one foot and he's swinging <laughs> upside down and two pistols. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. That's right. Sliding down a rigging, shooting two pistols, yep. that kind of stuff. So, so I'm thinking two strain. Two strain. Mm-hmm. Okay. And as a maneuver, so if this is his second maneuver or her second mm-hmm. maneuver, it'll cost four strain, you know? Mm-hmm. And so on top of, if you want to do an extra maneuver or whatever, cool. Yeah. All That's right. It. And how often would you be able to use it in a session? I think it's really cool that you could use it every round if you wanted to. Well, the strain is there. It's, um, you can, You've got the strain mechanic. I, You're I, only I, limited by the amount of strain you have. So Exactly. exactly. And again, it, gives the character choice the player choices mm-hmm. do i want to spend the strain to do yeah. this is it worth it yeah okay i like the once per round thing mm-hmm. on the character's so, turn 
Oh, so on okay, so on your turn, you may take the rope monkey maneuver, spend yeah. two strain. <laughs> and so we've got that, that that's part of your meat of the description of the ta- of the mm-hmm. of the of the talent already. Talent. Right. But what does it do? What does does it, it Okay, so I'm picturing this allows you to move anywhere on the ship. Now, a ship from stem to stern, we're talking pretty big. It could long be range. Like- it, it could can be, be big. It could be. I would say ships could be. I would think medium range. I would think your sloops, your small one masted sloops, probably short range. Your two masted or three masted ships, at least yeah. medium range. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. Maybe so long range. So at most, you would be. You would have a, a plot with a three masted large ship. A big galleon, th- probably th- medium. Uh, Maybe at least long, long range. Long range. If he's going, if he's going from yeah the. Yeah, proud of the poop deck. That would be long range. If he's starting in the middle, he's already in the crow's nest, yeah. and he wants to go, that might be short range or medium range. So normally, uh, the distance you can cover with a single maneuver is moving from mm-hmm. one range increment. So mm-hmm. yep. in this case, you're using a single maneuver. You're spending two strain. You should just be able to cover two range increments, which would essentially be able to move mm-hmm. to anything yeah. in medium range. Yeah, right. medium. So what I'm picturing is... Medium, medium range to engaged, with one okay. maneuver using this yeah. talent. That's my concept for it. That's what I'm. That's what yeah. I'm thinking. Yeah, and, that would make some and, sense. And then then. The system for building in that that narrative bonus of what happens if you land behind your opponent is there in Genesis already. If they mm-hmm. roll a triumph, they're going to be able to upgrade their next check. If they roll yeah. advantage, they'll get boost dice. Yes. If they roll despair bear or threat then mm-hmm. yeah maybe they land right in the guy's face and he's holding a knife at him, you know that's it you know all kinds of narrative things you know you 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 you, mm-hmm. you kick the guy in the back and he falls over the railing or uh. so this would allow so technically this would allow them to make a climbing check i would say athletics right it would be athletics or maybe even coordination i would go with either one um would we require you don't need to make a check it could, this could just be a maneuver. Yeah. No check involved. Yeah, but so what they could the attack triumph, when they get there. What does the triumph and the advantage come from? Oh, I'm I'm sorry. Yeah, you're you right. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Well, that's, that's that was where I was kind of. Well, the bo- the boost die that from from moving all that distance and you know might offer some additional advantage, obviously. Hmm. Yeah, your point. You have a valid point um, that there is no. We haven't built in a mechanic yet before mm-hmm. for a skill roll. So how would you have um, narrative bonuses from the skill roll? I see what you're saying. So right now you've got to spend two strain, strain to move anywhere in the ship at medium range, and then what are you saying? Make a check. In order to, in yeah. Order to, uh, yeah, I mean, the the well, there's got to be some sort of advantage to doing this right instead of just moving yeah. moving across well, if you, the ship which you would normally be able to do right right but you're trying However, to do it in a very dramatic way two maneuvers in this case it's just one maneuver for two strain mm. right and so I'd still have a maneuver to do yep so you'd still be able to aim your shot and, 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 attack. and attack if you wanted to mm. I think that well, feels good enough, to be honest. Yeah. I don't know unless if we you really ma- need to do anything else. Unless you make it as a part of an action, it's part of his coordination or athletic role. And when he gets to wherever he's, he was headed, 
Yeah. You know, you, you describe the result depending on the success or failure. Well, he does manage to land behind the other pirate captain and uh, partially maybe temporarily disarm him or turn him around, you know, push, take his cloak and flip it over his face, you know, giving him a, a bullseye <laughs> for his next action or a setback, <laughs> setback to the, uh, the captain. Uh, sending him off his feet or tripping him if, if he's you know, seriously if he's got a triumph on his uh, athletic you know uh, falls over the railing into the awaiting uh, jaws of a shark <laughs> for a triumph <laughs> there's that there's that yeah I, I don't know I, I kind of like the idea Swinging of keeping Tarzan. this maneuver though yeah yep. it's up to Chris it's oh, his I'm talent just, yeah well, I said, know, just I throwing like, ideas around I, I like the idea of being able to spend two strain to move wherever mm-hmm. you are on the ship as a right. maneuver. Mm-hmm. Basically from medium medium range as a maneuver. Yeah. And then and you I get think... the freedom as a character to decide what skill you roll at the end of that, to whether you're swinging yeah. in the air and shooting at people as you're passing by or whether mm-hmm. you're swinging to land next to that captain and you want to kick him in the chest, then you're making a brawl check to kick him in the chest and kick yeah. him off into the, into the surf. You yeah. get the freedom to to choose what check you're going to make at the end of it. So, though then then would this just be an action to do instead of a maneuver? If it's an and action then, then you got to have you got to apply a check to it. And then you do a check, yeah. right? Or well, they, it, you know you want to stop the uh, the cap- the pirate captain from chopping your friend's head off. So you know you, you yeah. swing real fast you and there. put your sword put your sword to parry that <laughs> that blow mm-hmm. <laughs> just in time. Yeah, really there, up to you. There could probably be improved versions of this too, but yeah, I think I like I like the basic version. It's a, and what tier would this be? I'm th- I'm feeling like it might be a tier two. Sounds like it. Maybe. Yeah, a bit like it's, taking it's, taking the Savage World things. Like you have to have a, some experience on board a ship, kind of thing. Well, it wouldn't be an auto include. That's where your no. key is, right there. Okay, so this is yeah. something that any character could take. Yeah. Um. But you wouldn't want it to be an auto-include, and that's your indicator. Oh. That's right where it – okay, that tells you, yeah, this is more of a Tier 2 than a Tier 1. Mm-hmm. Well, well, that's it. You know, it helps define your character a bit more, whether it's on the rig of a ship or, like you said, you know, swinging vines from trees, you know. Right. A society that lives in, in and, up, in, up in the trees. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking that it might just give a – yeah, that's cool. Yeah, so it's a Tier mm-hmm. 2 talent. Mm-hmm. It's not a ranked talent. The act, the activation is man, a maneuver, and yeah. basically once per Cost round, strain. once per round on the character's turn, they could take two strain mm-hmm. and move up to medium distance. When you're on a ship or in the woods, because this would probably mm-hmm. apply in the woods, right? If you're in like mm-hmm. a wooded environment, yeah. um, mm-hmm. to move um, from medium range to engaged, yep. if you want, yeah, yeah. There you go. All right, cool. There we go. Sweet. All right. Thanks, guys. Well, that's setting the tone, and we built two, three, maybe three. even five talents in there. I don't know. Yeah, we might have. <laughs> <laughs> cool. We've got so, talents coming out of our ears. If you're creating <laughs> settings out there, folks, uh, bounce these. I mean, you got players in your group. If you're the GM, mm-hmm. bounce these off your players. Bounce them off of your friends mm-hmm. that are other GMs. Bounce them off of us. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to bounce these ideas because, again, as we started out with Chris's, it went several different levels of what we want to do. And eventually it boils down to 
the simplest form what you really yeah. want the talent to do mm-hmm. and having other people's input will help balance that for you yeah well that's it yep. just remind yourself that if the players can have it so can the npcs yes. <laughs> that's right yes. and you know i'll tell you and even talk to your players about when you're this is like a session zero kind of thing almost true and when you're t- when they're somebody's coming up with the character concepts it's like hey you know i've eventually you know i want to be able to do this but there's no talent to be able to do it um there's re- no reason why you can't make up one yeah you know, exactly specifically you have the tools at your disposal mm-hmm. that's it yep. plenty and, of guidelines so yeah and totally use the um post it up on the ffg forums all those all those um that community is great and they'll give you mm-hmm. they'll give you feedback um yeah. nice constructive criticism on it and, as well so Awesome. All right. All right. So, on to advantageous threats? Yes, let's All do right. it. All right. Welcome to Advantageous Threats, our favorite part of the show and yours. We're going to kind of throw you for a loop we've got three for you today Woo-hoo! Oh, we're yeah. going to uh we have our good friend stefan here uh joining us and he is doing one well let's you want to go well, first yeah go ahead uh, okay fine uh put me on the spot <laughs> i had of i had course, an idea we should man I had an idea initially, but then Tony says, "Well, try to keep it in line with the uh, the talents that we discussed earlier in the in the show." It's like, okay, cool, no pressure. No, no, exactly. <laughs> so we've got our our very charming little uh, goblin, uh, who, uh, uh, among other goblins, he's considered very attractive. It's all relative, but still. Yeah. And he has he has quite a way with the with the ladies and some and some and some gentlemen. That's but like that's saying that's a handsome booger. I'm just saying. That's it. Exactly. <laughs> the net has grown up. Exactly. So he, in one of the recent campaigns uh, sessions, he was able to charm a very beautiful woman. Um, what? Yeah. Well. He also used a. He also cheated by using an adventure card. But if we were to recreate this this scenario uh, in uh, in Goblin uh, in Genesis with the Goblin, he wouldn't have that card. But he might have, uh, in addition to being charming, uh, his lucky and fortuitous knit, maybe, uh, and perhaps right. maybe even spend a story point. That's it exactly. <laughs> yeah. Because got good reason. Well, that's it exactly. <laughs> So if he, uh, I'll just pull out, uh, I don't have my dice, but I do have my dice app. <laughs> there you go. So, yeah, being lucky, he, uh, he does have a bit of charm. Uh, and charm, if I'm, I don't have. Um, charm goes against cool. Cool, okay. With cool. Cool would be a proposing. Right. So, and that's based on presence, right? I believe it is. Mm. So if he's if he has at least two two ranks of let's say cool, or wasn't there actual charm? No, skill? he has. Yeah, he has charm, but the def- mm. so the lady that he's trying right. to charm. So let's figure this ah, out. Goes against cool, right? Yeah, yeah. So our okay. little knit, our little goblin knit. What does he have for charm? 
So he's been uh, doing this for a little while, especially for gathering all kinds of information uh, mm-hmm. in the back streets and uh, whatever, being a streetwise. So he's got three charm. Cool. And two presents. Okay. Well, the fact the fact that he has a charming knit, which is another talent which removes setback because of his appearance, because he's cute. <laughs> All right, sounds good. So he's got yeah. So three, three and two. Okay, so that'd be two two cha- two um proficiency die and one yeah. one ability die. One well, ability. And so. how how um what was the presence that this woman had? I mean, I'm thinking she probably has at least a three. Right. Yeah, three she presents. definitely had a, at least a three presence, and, um, and uh, she was real good at setting up an ambush for us. So I say she's got to have a couple ranks and cool. All right. Oh yeah. So yeah, and be- she's used to dealing with people in position of power and making her her own will, gotcha. you know, uh, known. Okay. So then that's probably a two, two cool, three presence. So that's two red, and a blue yeah. and a and a purple. Yep. Now, exactly. I would. As a as a DM GM, call him call me what you yeah. will, mm-hmm. because he's a goblin and she's what human. They're she's, different uh, different races. They're different races, and and in addition, she's not just a human. She's also you know, she's a werewolf from a, a very nasty faction of you know world, almost gotcha. like a Ravenloft kind of uh, realm setting. Right. So I would probably give I would probably give him um, at least a setback die or two, yeah. um, mm-hmm. because he's a goblin. Oh, yeah. too oh, easily. Yeah. Yeah. Too easily. Yep. Mm. So yeah, uh, probably do that. Uh, that way he can use that. What he's got that talent, the pretty knit or whatever. Well, it's a setback. charming knit. Charming, charming knit, knit might remove one uh, one, one setback. Cool. So can remove the one of that one. So he's right. down. Okay, a decent pool. And I'll know so who's dice because her, is he trying to charm her out of an item or getting her to do something for him? Yeah, just charming her to get him, uh, get her to be more more nice to uh, to him. Ah, uh, gotcha. Changing her attitude <laughs> from let's say hostile, possibly hostile to at least neutral, if not more. <laughs> nice. So, so we've got two yellow, one green, two red, one purple, and a setback or black. So okay. let's. Roll that and see if his lucky knit uh, kind of thing can uh, come into effect. Cool. Okay. So, all right. So I managed to get three success and a threat. All right. Okay. Uh, so now with his fortuitous knit, he has the ability yeah. to change one of those ability dice to a better result. That's it. So uh, he's got the setback dice of well, it's a, it a blank. So that's fine. And. Actually, yeah, so maybe his ability dice is already the maximum of two two successes, actually. Mm. So maybe he's able to cancel out a threat. Change the threat, change that threat die to a, um, to a uh, yeah, blank? Yeah, to, to a blank, to a blank side. Cool, mm-hmm. so you cancel out the threat. Yeah, instead, so it still comes out in, a bit into his favor, uh, getting nice. the better odds, and he gets three successes, changing her attitude at the very least nice. to, all right, I won't kill you outright now, because you're so cute. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's talk. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> awesome. Very nice. Cool, dude. Now, well then. all right, so, yeah, and thankfully, uh, and, uh, it, it wasn't Matt rolling that, because I know no, if Matt would have rolled it, he would have... <laughs> 
probably rolled three triumphs. Yeah. Well, because every time that character has been uh, uh, yeah. attempted to uh, be charming, it's been amazingly well, awesome. Well, per- perhaps if Poe had the serendipitous net, then he could even affect his proficiency dice. And I had one dice had two successes and one an advantage in a success. So flip it, one of those to get a triumph. Yeah. <laughs> so we would have gotten maybe two successes and a triumph. Yep. <laughs> cool. So she then she falls madly in love with him. <laughs> cool. Oh, nice. All right, Tony, what you got there, bud? Okay, so I've got uh, my character, Rothgar the Bear, is defending mm-hmm. his sleeping friends from a Gundabad orc assassin. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's using his skin changer virtue and shape-shifting into a bear. Now, I would have probably had him roll that to be on watch in advance. Mm-hmm. So he used that beforehand, but what that did was increased his brawn from three to four and made his melee attacks do an extra point of damage. So what he's going to do is he is going to attack the Gundabad orc and yeah. do so in a loud manner to wake his friends. Um, so basically... I'm trying to get an attack across, but I'm hoping with enough advantage and tr- maybe a triumph, I can I can uh, wake my friends too. So uh, initially, he's got uh, a brawl of two, and now his brawn is currently four. It was three, but cool. now that he's a bear, so he has two yellow, two green in his pool. Okay. Now he is making a melee attack okay. against this. Gundabad orc assassin, which mm-hmm. is only normally two purple difficulty. However, the Gundabad orc has the adversary two talent, so those both become red challenge dice. Nice. Um, what do you guys think? Uh, an orc assassin wearing armor? I'm pretty sure they're going to have uh, leather, um, maybe. Probably leather, but maybe has a sword that gives defense. Defensive. Okay. So maybe a All setback right. die. So there's mm-hmm. a setback die in there, and um, I'm going to say, because I'm coming from a, a, attacking as a bear and from mm-hmm. hiding, I'm going to get a boost die. It's basically like I'm aiming. good with that. Yeah. yeah you, that. He's not expecting a, a bear to be protecting the camp. All right, so <laughs> I'm going to spend uh, a story point to upgrade my check. That Would the GM, either of you, Oh yeah, definitely because oh. he's he's an assassin. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's, 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 <laughs> All right, so I'm looking there at to, he knows that the PCs are tough, so they sent their best assassin. <laughs> yep. Right. So I'm I'm looking at grand total three uh, proficiency dice, one ouch, sorry, three proficiency dice, one ability die, um, two challenge die, and one difficulty die, and one boost and one setback. Cool. You got to listen to those dice. (laughs) All right. First of all, both challenge dice were blank. What? (laughs) I know my challenge dice hate you. Um, And uh, I think they're loaded. The setback die was also blank. All right. However, um, the one difficulty die was uh, a threat, and that wipes out my advantage that came from aiming. So leaving me with a net of three successes. So my melee attack or my maul attack for the bear is going to do um, normally uh, the bear's uh, bite or is plus one. So it's my brawn plus one for a total of five and then the three uncanceled successes, eight damage. Cool. Um, and on top of that, I had 
two, four, five advantage. And I'm going to spend four of those to make sure everybody in my party hears me right. roaring as yeah. I tear into this over. Nice. I'm shaking nice. him like a true toy. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. And then I would probably say that one of them woke up fast enough. So whichever mm-hmm. one of them that is, whoever goes next would uh, get a boost die. Cool. That's one thing I forgot for my uh, nemesis, my, the, the the enemy for Poe. You know, she 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 would have had the adversary at least one. Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah well, that's true. That is true. Oh, well. all right. Yeah, that's why I have this post-it note right here on my computer that says yeah, adversary. I had my post-it, but I forgot it. With the excitement <laughs> of being on a on a podcast with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Chris, what you got All for right. us, buddy? Well, I, I, I want to use my real monkey talent. All right, and then. none better than Glug using my real yes. monkey talent <laughs> as is gonna he's gonna do this. So so Roborous. <laughs> so the so he's he's so we'll set it up where well well we're gonna be in primeval thules, so um it won't be Glug, but it will be a big ass <laughs> Viking dude, maybe. Mm. That'll that'll do this. Um, they've boarded a ship at the at the um, at the front of the ship, and the captain just came out of his quarters. So my guy, um, let me think. We gotta come up with a name. Um, bleh. Bleh. Lars. Lars. <laughs> Lars is going to rope monkey the hell out of this to get next to that cap- ship's captain, and. Um, Tack him with his two axes, maybe. So he oh. so Lars so Lars um, grabs a hits yeah. grabs the rope with one with one hand cuts cuts a rope with the axe and he starts swinging outside the the uh, the ship. He spends two strain to get next and drop right next to this captain, and he's gonna make, basically make a um, make an attack against this guy. So with would it be then a maneuver to draw his second axe? Yes. Yep. Okay. All right. Be maneuvered to do that. Lars is a buff dude, so he's mm. gonna have like maybe a four brawn, two mm. melee. Makes sense. Sounds yeah. good. The captain will definitely be an adversary too, so I'm immediately gonna do two challenge die for that. Um, let's see. Um, I'm gonna say kind of took this guy off guard. Um, maybe get a boost die. Well, I mean, these are moving ships, right? They are moving ships. And I like the idea of... A boost die is also cool, but I like the idea of also, like, when the ships are pitched in battle like this, mm-hmm. a lot of times I will definitely throw in setback dice. Now, if your oh, yeah. cool. character is a good sailor, mm-hmm. he's likely going to have a talent that would probably be a tier one that would allow him to remove setback dice due to the shifting. He's got a talent, maybe yes. sea legs. There you yeah, go. I like something it. like that. I like um, sea yeah. legs. Because yeah, they're attacking each other, your ropes have been in grappling hooks or been yep. thrown around, but the ships are still going up and down, going up and down, yep. choppy waters. Yep, that's but what for him, is. it's like, yeah, whatever. So I'll remove, <laughs> I'll remove the setback die that we'll okay. get for the sea legs. Right. I'll add a boost die there. Um, and our captain does have a sword, so he has defensive, defensive one also. One, cool. Yeah. All right. So you're rolling pretty much the same pool I rolled. Pretty much, it kind of looks like it. Unless you guys want to use some story points. <gasps> oh, do you? You get the first choice. I get the first choice. Yes. You know what? I will. For the active. I will. 
I will, because you know what? This is the first time Lars has used his rope monkey talent. And um, it's just awesome. <laughs> and yeah, uh, definitely as a GM, I would use a story point because, you know, as he's swinging, he's yelling out, you know, and that make, make things more difficult. Maybe a little warning sign for the captain to turn around in time. <laughs> there we go. Okay, so I'm sitting with um, three proficiency dice. One ability die and one boost die. I'm and I've got two challenge dice, a um, difficulty die, and a setback die. Yeah, identical pool to mine. Is it? Yeah. All right. Let's see so if you get go. better results. Let's see. <laughs> Had one roll off the book. Let's go back. That one's probably the triumph. Nope, it wasn't. <laughs> All right. We got a lot of failures here, gentlemen. Oh. <laughs> he is not going to succeed because everything came up failures. Uh oh. Yeah, so he failed. Everything's not coming guy. up roses. <laughs> and um, one, so the threat cancels, but he's got, but he's got two advantage. All right. So he failed so, yeah, so, with two advantage. Wah, wah, wah. So, so he swings, but yes. there's other ropes that have been cut uh, during the battle that come up and tangle him up a little bit. And then he lands, and there's some there's a yeah. cannon that was thrown over on the side. And Yeah, know, and he uh, definitely he definitely slipped a little bit because of that. Yeah. Or, no, the, the captain parried his shot, parried his mm. attack because... That came up as a failure on the um, on the black setback day. Ah, so, well, there you go. Yep, there yep. you go. So he was warned by all the noise. I'm going to chop your head off. <laughs> and he Let's saw him coming me. because he's a big yeah. ass Viking swinging <laughs> around. Yeah. He's yeah. like, "What the fuck are you doing?" And he just, and he just <laughs> probably, was probably tipped off, but when he was facing another crew member, he was like, "Oh my god!" Look at that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, what do you want to do with that two advantage on that roll, though? With the two advantage on that roll, um, definitely want to um, give this guy a setback die because he's like, "What? He's like right next to me now. He's just kind of he's kind of taken off guard and did a little did a little quick parry, but he's still off yeah. guard and a little yeah, off um, a little pushed, off his feet. Pushed against the railing, and now he's yes. crowded with this big Viking. Like, yep. what, what the heck? <laughs> And all my other dudes are at the other end of the ship. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm at this end. No. Fighting the rest Goodbye. of the crew. <laughs> Goodbye, Lars. Lars' yeah. last dance. That's right. Possibly. <laughs> all right, folks. That is right. uh, that is uh, our uh, advantageous threat section. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're going to move on and probably, uh, probably end this show. Yes, let's end this thing. No! <laughs> <laughs> know what happens to Lars. <laughs> Maybe next does he get, time. <laughs> does, he get, does he get charmed by Poe? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they en- end up in the woods in the, in the cabin with uh, Rothgar. <laughs> Whoops. Where, where, they, where people can, can look at them saying, look, there's, there's Poe and Lars walking with a bear behind. <laughs> right. Keep your oh. fan fiction to yourself there, Steph. Come That's on. That's right. <laughs> All right, everybody. You can, you can find this uh, story on Stefan's blog. No, yeah. <laughs> the dragon's toolbox. Sexy, sexy, sexy dragon spawn. <laughs> sexy. <laughs> All, right, All right, so, so that is our show for the night, and I'd like to give a shout-out to 
Veiled Fury Entertainment, um, Manuel Sam's interviews, and they do live plays over there. Um, his latest video, he actually interviews Eric Lamoureux from uh, Just Insert Imagination about this Wise Guys setting, Savage World setting, and the Wise Guys demo toolkit that we um, that we talked about a couple podcasts ago. Um, so you could find them. You could go ahead and look for the Veiled Fury Entertainment on um, YouTube and on Google Plus. Yep, uh, he, he um, he's part of the network with us over there, just like yep. Stefan. Stefan, mm-hmm. what do you got going on? Yeah, but um, well, I do have my uh, Dragon's Toolbox blog, but uh, it's it's rather quiet. Uh, I posted last month a little something. I'm cooking up something. There's a few other things that I'm reading up on. Hopefully, uh, before summer's end, I'll be able to <laughs> to post something else that might help us uh, fellow gamers and. Uh, and GMs and DMs out there. <laughs> oh, thank you for including us DMs. <laughs> and you, you're also you're also um, work with Jamie on the uh, RPG oh, yes. Brewery too. Of course, yeah, I've been promoted to co-host. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. I don't remember exactly when that happened. That's it. <laughs> yeah. We didn't yeah. say much about it. Just like suddenly, oh, I'm a co-host. Oh, sure, hey. Congrats, <laughs> <laughs> dude. Which I think so. Tony and I were coming on Tuesday night in a couple nights. Yeah, we are. Uh, yeah, yeah, we're going to talk about. Uh, oh, I forgot the subject. Converting settings. <laughs> yes, conversions of settings. I think yeah. we'll see. Yes. At least that's what we're going to talk about. You guys want to talk about something else, but <laughs> I know I'm uh, going to be drinking beer. That's all I know. Go. I'm going to talk. I'll be talking about Lars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> big, big, big blonde uh, Viking. You know, bare chested probably. Mm. Yep. There we go. Uh, oh well, well. Stay tuned, folks. <laughs> all right. Well, you can find us all—all all these wonderful blogs and podcasts—over uh, at um, the Google Plus community for nerds international with a hyphen. Um, We—you uh, can contact uh, Chris and I at uh, finding the narrative podcast at gmail dot com. We'll get to your emails eventually, as we mentioned last week, um, and then um, you can. Talk to me at uh, Finding the Narrative on Facebook, and I'll screenshot that stuff and send it over to Chris's way, and we'll we'll both uh, interact with you. Yep. And uh, lastly, you can listen to us wherever you've been listening to us, and we also have uh, uh, YouTube. So, yep. yeah. That's, thanks for coming on, Stefan. Thank you. And I'd like to also to mention that in a couple of months, uh, we'll also, uh, a whole bunch of us, be at uh, in Richfield, Ohio at Con on the Cob. Oh yeah, November. Yes, exactly. Right. November. Pimping that out. Yes. Yeah. November eighth through the eleventh. I think that's when. Yeah. Uh, yep. Exactly. So it'll be part two of, yes. uh, of Nerds on the Cob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just just go to like the rowdy people in the atrium by the yeah. pool. By that's the pool. where we'll be. <laughs> the yep. loudest section. Of the, the loudest sections really. of the con. Exactly. Much. Yeah. We're expanding now at least to three tables, if not four. So. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Very nice. All right. Well, and uh, next time, um, not sure what our topic will be. We're gonna uh, we're we're gonna cover something, but we'll we'll see sure you in we two will. weeks, folks. So this is Tony saying, keep rolling them bones. And this is Chris saying, remember the rule of cool and just have fun, everybody. Good night. Good night. Adios.
Finding a Narrative podcast is not affiliated with or endorsed by any companies mentioned on this show. Any of the products mentioned on our show or appear on our website are the property and copyright of their respected owners. All items are used under fair use and educational and review purposes. All other items are the intellectual property of Finding a Narrative podcast. Copyright 2018. All rights reserved.